This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by, well, nobody. I'm solo again, but needs must is the way things are at the moment. This week, we've seen the BAFTAs. They were kind of dull. There's a precursor to the Oscars. Hopefully, the Oscars have a few surprises. Though, of course, I'm very much anyone but Joker. That said, on a Joker-related tip, our first big movie of the week is the big movie of the week, which is Birds of Prey, or to give it its full title, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, and that title is about as extra as the nature of the film, or indeed the main character. There were memes going around that referred to things as chaotic good, but when it comes to Birds of Prey, I'd call it chaotic great. Uh, it looked like it wouldn't be that good a film, though. A press screening come premiere uh, just one day before the general release is rarely a good sign. This has defied expectations and turned out to be great. It's so different. It's got such energy. It takes a graffitied, glitter-encrusted baseball bat, swings at the superhero movie conventions, and hits a home run. But not before taking a few teeth of the doubters with it. I mean, it was clear that this was going to be very different from the off, and in a refreshing way. The first images that I saw of this are of the star, Margot Robbie, of course, who played Harley Quinn. She kept the mad styling of the character, yet refreshingly, uh, she had not taken the simple cash-grab option of returning in glittery, cheek-exposing hot pants that enticed so many when the character first arrived on our screens in the severely poor Suicide Squad of 2016. Since 2016, Margot Robbie has gone, of course, gone on to great things. Uh, she has been nominated for an Oscar in I, Tonya. She's uh, nominated again this year, of course, for Bombshell. More of that later. Uh, so she's gained a lot of clout. And as a producer, she's assembled a spin-off for this DC Comics favourite that runs on its own rules. And it's clearly Robbie's rules as well. It's an NC-16 movie. And it still packs a very unexpected punch. Of course, there's the profanity bombs, you know, the F-bombs and everything that go on. But then there's the action and, with the action, the violence. Quite early on in this nightclub scene, this thug who's got his feet up on a stool insults Harley and she leaps up and kind of dives bomb and right on his legs. That visual snap of his legs caving in the wrong way that legs aren't meant to go it makes you wince and it's like the first wince of many and it becomes very clear that director Kathy Yan is not a fan of choppy editing that many other directors use uh, and often use to disguise a lack of choreography Kathy Yan has come at this with a very definite vision and action wise it takes leaf out of uh, breakout hits like the John Wick franchise and Indonesia's The Raid films, the action happens before your eyes. And it's done so well. The scenes between what is Margot Robbie herself and Margot Robbie's stunt double, you don't know where one starts and the other finishes. And you realise what was missing from Suicide Squad. Of you know, there's me She's meant to be this dangerous criminal. At last, Harley Quinn looks really dangerous. She single-handedly takes out, you know, rooms, buildings full of adversaries. And this is what was missing from last time. It's more than eye candy and more than just the other half of the Joker. And every time the action happens, the camera does not flinch. It is there 
and every spectacular crack, smack and whack combo happens right before your eyes in the frame. It's awesome. It is so good. It just gives everything so much more impact and delivers the best action. I have to say it's the best action I've seen in a superhero film for such a long time. Well, I mean, the John Wick connection is there and it becomes even more obvious when you know that Young consulted with the John Wick director, Chad Stahelski, to bring a real crunch to proceedings. The action is mixed with a bold, bold colour scheme and a marvellously, you know, wacky set designs, which invoke memories of the 1960s Adam West Batman TV show. I'm sure at some point they must have been deciding whether to have the bam and wham graphics that happen over the top of each punch. But overall, it's so much fun. And it could be the most fun that a superhero film has been. DC, or the DCEU, or whatever you call it, it's um, only recently have they given up this mantra of grim and gritty. Everything needs to be growl. Everything needs to be dark. Everything needs to be... Grim. But even if you're a fan of things like Aquaman, which was like Flash Gordon underwater, or Shazam, which I really didn't get, I don't know, other people did, but you have to admit that those films still followed a kind of a very familiar plot hole laden formula. Birds of Prey feels fresh, whilst not totally jettisoning its roots. The story's quite simple, uh, even if it does play with things chronologically, it's a bit of a pulp fiction thing, you know. Harley Quinn, girlfriend of the Joker, soon finds out that protection that she had as the Joker's mischievous other half shielded her from a lot of angry people. Angry people that she had annoyed, incredibly so. So most of the Gotham underworld is after her and determined to ruin the egg sandwich that she bought for herself. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a kooky film in some ways. At the same time, a diamond linked to a huge crime family's fortune is being chased after. And this brings a Harley Quinn into contact with a bitter cop, Renee Montoya, played by Rosie Perez, a team pickpocket, Cassandra Kane, played by Ella J. Basco, Dinah Lance, a singer come chauffeur for a crime boss, played by Journey Smollett Bell, and Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. What is great about this film is that outside of Robbie, I mean, this is very much Harley Quinn's film, and she plays loud and she is front and center for most things yet all the other actresses still make their mark to the extent that it would have been wonderful to get even more from them especially i mean rosie perez is fantastic i mean where's rosie perez been for all this time she's fantastic as running montoya uh journey smollett bell really i mean wow brilliant as dinolance and of the geekier side of things, they say she makes a fantastic Black Canary. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is fantastic as a huntress, a very deadpan, very assassin, realising that she may have to assimilate into the real world. And as newcomers go, Ella J. Basco as the pickpocket, Cassandra Kane, Yeah, fantastic. Everyone fits. I mean, this is a really well-assembled cast. Adding to the cast is Ewan McGregor, he plays this louche, uh, aggrieved nightclub villain called Roman Sionis, a.k.a. the Black Mask. And at first, he just seems like some petty crime boss, but there's a scene quite early on where it shows how ruthless he is, and brutally ruthless. But there is plenty to take away the bitter taste. I think this is a fantastic film. Pretty much the only downside for me 
is that one of Robbie's next projects is Tank Girl, the character created by the Gorillaz creator, Jamie Hewlett. This version of Harley Quinn takes a lot from Tank Girl. And it's a kind of worry if Margaret Robbie's going to play Tank Girl. I think when it comes out, they'll probably say, why is she just playing Harley Quinn again? It's a... But, hey, that's a problem for another day. I think Birds of Prey is a huge neon-tinged, nihilistic pack of fun, if that is not too much of a contradiction in terms. Um, I think those films about boys in capes could learn a huge amount from this. Go see it. And finally, we have Uncut Gems. It's out now on Netflix, so you can watch it at home. It stars Adam Sandler in a role that many have suggested he should have been up for the Oscar for. An Oscar snub, if you like. It's directed by the hot young team of the Safdie brothers, Benny and Josh, who previously directed things like Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson. In fact, Good Time and Uncut Gems have a similar theme in that a bad person has a very, very bad day. Whilst you can watch this at home, and indeed many people seem to be wanting to stay home just at this moment, it is anxiety-inducing. It is tense. If you don't like being near people having an argument at the other table, this film may not be for you. In fact, you have to go into it with a certain preparation, a certain mindset, because it is so tension-inducing. Okay, the basic plot is that Adam Sandler plays Howard Ratner. He's a gem trader, a jeweler, if you like, in the New York City gem district. He's currently trading to uh, or providing pieces for rappers and basketball players, very gaudy, jewel-encrusted things, such as a jewel-encrusted Furby. Everything kicks off when a certain amount of events come together. Now, Kevin Garnett, playing himself, he's a basketball star, he's in the store to look at various trinkets. At the same time, Adam Sandler takes hold of this black opal from Africa, a beautiful thing, the uncut gem of the title. He's so impressed with this thing because he's bought it cheap and he's going to sell it big. He shows it to Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett falls in love with a piece. He t- wants to take it away. So immediately Kevin Garnett gives his championship ring to Howard as safekeeping. At which point, Howard agrees. Sure, I'll do that. But then immediately he goes and puts the ring into Hawk so he can get cash. The problem here is that Howard is a inveterate gambling addict and he's up to his neck in debt. And every time you think throughout the film that he's got just enough money to get people off his back because very serious men want to hurt him because he owes them big he puts the money on another ridiculous bet it's all about spreads it's all these terms i don't quite get but you just know that he's creating these bets that require such intricate events to happen in such a particular fashion there's tension there and then of course it's set in new york where even good morning is delivered with a certain amount of shade and sarcasm and venom and throughout this film no one person is ever speaking at one time everything is people talking over the top of each other at all times and everyone has a certain amount of anger in them and the tension is there and even just opening the door is tension and saying hello and i love you has tension and it's he's got his family that is 
ignoring because he's got his mistress in another flat and the mistress is doing that and he's kind of jealous of her and he's trying to follow find what she's doing and then the wife is about to find out that he's got a mistress and there's tension there and then even the thugs follow him to his kids school play and make, and there's always this threat of violence these guys are turning up to his store and they slap him around they slap his staff around and he's under threat and he's trying to hide out from all these other people and he's got to scuttle around and try to make these deals and everyone's chasing him it's amazing it really is it's uh i think it has to be seen but you do have to prepare yourself it is very tense all the way through it is a really good performance by adam sandler i'm not sure i'd say that it's an oscar-winning performance because I don't know, it just feels like another Adam Sandler character, but just without the laughs. He's done serious stuff before, but this is, I don't think it's the biggest stretch, but he's perfect for it. He has that grimy feel, and good God, this film is grimy. It's filmed, it's a kind of mix of 35mm and digital, and everyone seems to be kind of have a sheen of three-day-old sweat over the face, and every, you know, this little, the hairs at the fringe are just, matted in such that way and everyone looks as though they haven't changed clothes for such a long time and you feel dirty watching it it is an experience and it's out on netflix right now uncut gems try it it's not gonna be for everyone it is really not gonna be for everyone but it is an experience do check out Birds of Prey. It is such fun if you're of age. In the meantime, if you're listening to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, do like, rate, review us. Tell us, is Birds of Prey the greatest superhero movie of the decade? Quite possibly, seeing as we've just started a new one. It's certainly better than Joker. <laughs> just tell us at podcast at sph.com.sg. In the meantime, until another double feature... Goodbye. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online. <laughs>